He's our Aussie correspondent based out of Sydney. His name is Chris Russell. His uh, area of expertise throughout his career has been uh, in ruminant nutrition. So, Chris, I guess you're really in a good uh, position to comment on this new synthetic stomach implant uh, for burping ruminants. Could this could science ultimately be the cure? Well, I th- certainly we're looking at any way we can to reduce methane emissions given the government's um, uh, signing up to this pledge to reduce our methane emissions by 2030. Now, the first of those was the asparagopsis algae or, or seaweed, which was developed, which is quite effective. The question is, uh, how do you get that daily into animals that are uh, grazing out in the paddock? No problem in a feedlot, but not so easy for, for pasture raised animals. So this new work that's being done up at the University of Queensland using a synthetic, like a biopolymer they're calling it which is a, a natural molecule holding a, a, a chemical which is slowly released out of a cylinder shaped object about the length of a human hand so it's dropped into the first little pouch on the side of the stomach uh, on the side of the uh, animal's stomachs uh, and it's slowly released over a period of time into, and it continuously degrades and stops the methane producing bacteria remembering that that's the problem that there's a whole bunch of bacteria in that first massive stomach one of them is producing methane now methane of course also represents a loss of energy that could be making milk or beef so it's a good thing from production and it's a good thing in terms of reducing the methane emissions which are so much more um, likely to cause uh, greenhouse effects even though they're relatively short-lived Jamie. Chris do you ultimately believe science will be the answer because we've talked about other things such as seaweed additives and all that and like like here in New Zealand, we've got to drop methane emissions 10% by 2030, more worryingly, up to 47% by 2050. Can science do that, or is our only answer reducing livestock numbers? Look, I think that science is going to battle, and I think on the bigger picture, the other concern I have is, even if we do achieve all this, I don't believe that the world is going to be successful in stopping what will be an inevitable rise in temperature by 2050, and therefore we need to not just focus on these sort of preventative measures, which may turn out to be quite quixotic in their, in their aim, but we should also look at the alternative of adapting. That's been the principle of Darwinian theory if in time immemorial is adapting to the environment, not trying to make the environment adapt to us. But nonetheless, I think we will come up with these various schemes. I was shocked to see that you were looking at reducing your cattle numbers over there. That's certainly not going to be on the agenda here, even though they're signing up to, uh, to the same standards as New Zealand. They are going to do it without actually having to, re- to force uh, cattle numbers to be dropped like that. How they're going to do that, obviously the only way it's going to be with science, Jamie. The world's oldest active cowboy, 91 years of age, uh, is going to return to rodeo after a health scare. You'd think maybe if you had a health scare at 91, you might retire from the rodeo ring. 
You would think so. so. Bob Holder was born in 1931, which was a year after Farlat won the Melbourne Cup, you might remember. So uh, he, his dad was a drover down around Cootamundra, which is down in southern New South Wales. Uh, and Bob was apparently quite a deft hand at hanging on the back of bucking stock and all the rest of it when he was working with his dad. So he ran his first rodeo at the age of 14. He's been continuously rodeo eventing ever since, particularly he loves Brock, Bronx and cattle, although these days all his rodeoing is limited to roping and, and those sort of events. But he just had two months on oxygen, a whole mob of pills, as he puts it, uh, because of an infection going through his lungs. But he said, I couldn't breathe, couldn't even walk ten steps. But he's a lot better now, and he's hoping to be able to get back. He's told his doctor, anyway, that he wants to get back to the Myrtleford Golden Spurs Radio in Victoria on Boxing Day. Um, so good luck to him. Uh, I'm sure we'll see him back. 91 years old. He's certainly the world's oldest radio eventer going around at the moment, including America, Jamie. Chris, I'm a bit tired at the moment because I've been staying up too late watching uh, the T20 Cricket World Cup. Now, it's going to come down to run rate whether um, Australia or England get through. I'm, and I'm making the assumption here that New Zealand can beat Ireland because I think you guys will beat Afghanistan. England aren't a certainty to beat Sri Lanka. There's lots of possibilities there. Well, there is. Um, so if England, if England um, lose to Sri Lanka, well, then I think we're in good shape. However, if England win that game, then it's not good enough for us just to beat Afghanistan. We've got to flog them. Um, I'm talking, you know, the same sort of flogging we got from New Zealand. And, um, you know, 80, 85, 90 runs ahead for us to get our run rate up. Because at the moment, we're on a negative run rate. I think negative 0.3 about. And England's on positive 0.5. So we have got to make sure that we really uh, flog Afghanistan in that game. And then... And with the bonus hope that maybe Sri Lanka will do the job for us against England, Jamie. Chris Russell, thanks very much for your time. I'd love to say good luck, but it really goes against the grain, so hope you get a bonus point. See you later. See you, mate.